God bless fantasy football. There are many things a man can do with his time. And this, well, this is better than those things. Heyo! Welcome back to good old fantasy football. Today we have our last group of rankings, our tight end rankings. We are doing from 10 to 1. Let's jump right into it. Before we get to 10, we have some honorable mentions. Go ahead, Chess. Yeah, first honorable mention I want to throw out there is Dalton Kincaid. Uh, Hold on, I want to interrupt you for a second. We're here with Brandon Chaz, producer Mike. Connor couldn't make it again, so we have Matt on again, who I know I'm interrupting you because I know he has the same honorable mention. Come on, Connor. What are you doing, dude? <laughs> it's like the third week in a row, dude. <laughs> yeah. Hey, it's the second episode without him, but he's got a wedding coming up, and, you know, we've uh, – no, we have not all been there, but some of us have been there. Uh, so, yeah, my first honorable mention is Don Kincaid. Okay. Who you take in the 10th round. He was drafted in the first late first round by the Buffalo Bills. I think he's going to be one of those pass catchers that jumps right into that offense. He was drafted to be a pass catcher tight end. And he's one of those guys, if you're missing out on maybe somebody that you liked, one of those top five tight ends, and you want to wait a little bit longer to grab another one, I like Don Kincaid. The other one I'm going to throw out is Juwan Johnson, who is probably going completely undrafted in all of your leagues. But – Derek Carr has always supported a tight end. He's always targeted a tight end, and now with Juwan Johnson being in, uh, with the Saints and Derek Carr, I think for a guy that's going undrafted, if you're drafting him as your tight end two, or you just ne- completely neglect the whole position, it's somebody to go out there and grab in round 16 or off the waiver wire before week one starts. Well, it helped that Carr had Waller for a while. But, but Juwan Johnson had a good end of last year. With Bad quarterback play. Yeah, so I, I think he'll be a, a, a decent option, again, like you said, if you miss out. Yeah, I forget who it was before Waller. It wasn't anybody notable, but he still was productive, kind of a guy that you could throw in there week to week. I forget his name, but yeah. I can picture him. He's a white guy. Yep. Well, most of Foster Moreau. Yes. Moreau is what I was thinking. I was thinking Furrow, and I was like, that was Foster Moreau. That's a good yeah. report there. Yes, sir. Just beat cancer, actually. Nice, good for him. Shout out to uh, Foster if you listen to this. Congrats. Yep. Um, what I was going to say is, I wrote down three honorable mentions, and you hit two of them. Um, so first of all, well done. Thank you. (laughs) (laughs) I've been doing this for a few weeks now. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Expert. (laughs) Um, so what? What I did want to say also is, I think when talking about tight ends, especially when we're talking about like these lower guys, you kind of have to talk about like how. You have to talk about your strategy with drafting tight ends. I agree. Because, like, I do think that there are some lower tight ends that you can target. But, like, if you look at a year like last year, like, there really weren't many guys past the top five that you were that excited about or there weren't that many sleepers that were hitting. Tight end as a whole was a disappointment unless you had Kelsey last year. Yes. Like, even those top guys that you – the top five is not what you think it was because the guys that you drafted top five – did not finish there because they were all hurt or had bad quarterback play. So tight end as a whole was a bad position unless you had Kelsey. Absolutely. Which to me is why, like, personally, I would probably try to target a tight end, like, a little bit earlier in the draft. I just don't want to be messing around and playing the game of throwing lottery darts at these guys. But I do think that if you are going to be doing that, 
probably target two of them. And I yeah. think especially like a Dalton Kincaid to me is like a really high upside guy. Like there's a decent chance that he ends up just getting like two catches a game and you don't ever hear about him. But there's also a good chance that they're really putting him in the slot and targeting him all the time. Yeah, like they're really high on Dawson Knox. Dawson Knox faced a little injury issue, but he, he had a lot of touchdowns. He had a lot of touchdowns, but he was like when we are talking about, like Matt said, these lower guys, so inconsistent. Like you might have a week with 50 yards and touchdowns, a good week for a tight end, and then the next not targeted. Yeah. So it, it's a really hard thing to find these guys that are consistent. But uh, yeah, I, I agree. If this might be the year where you want to grab somebody in the top six rounds or so. Make sure you solidify that position and hope that nobody gets hurt. Who was your other honorable mention? Uh, the last one that I had, this is a very much like a higher floor, low ceiling guy, which is Gerald Everett okay. um, on the Chargers. I don't want to go into the season with him as my starting tight end. But if I'm taking a swing on like a Dalton Kincaid type of guy, I don't mind having him as my backup where if Kincaid doesn't pan out, or even like some of the other rookies, there's a lot of high upside rookie tight ends. Thank you very much, Brendan. Yeah. (laughs) Laporte with the Lions and Musgrove with Green Bay is another high upside guys. Uh, Not on our honorable mentions list, but somebody else I want to say is Don Schultz, who's completely consistent with Dallas, is now in Houston with a rookie quarterback. Rookie quarterbacks sometimes go to that safe option. It's going to lean on them. Yeah. Yeah. Especially uh, we talked about bad offensive line play last episode. If that offensive line is bad, he's going to have to find somebody short to drop off to, and that could be the tight end. Don Schultz. Schultz was producing last year, too. I mean, He was very consistent. Yeah, that was a much season. better offense last year. At the end of the season, yeah. he had quite a few games. Over he, he did have a, he had a pretty nice season. Yeah. So now that he's in Houston, he got paid a little bit, and he's got a rookie quarterback, it's either going to be a really good, consistent guy for you, or he's never going to touch the ball. So right. definitely not somebody you want to take as your tight end one, but like Matt said, if this is the year, maybe you do want to target two guys. Maybe you take a, a Kyle Pitts kind of late who last year was a big disappointment, and you have a safer guy as a backup. Yeah. And I do like the point of having the rookie quarterback, too, because especially a rookie quarterback like C.J. Stroud, like at Ohio State was more of a stand-in-the-pocket and go-through-his-progressions type of guy. Yeah, he's not a big runner. Not a big runner. And also, I would have to imagine early in his career, if he's under pressure a lot, he's probably trying to get that ball out quick. Yeah. The tight ends and slot guys definitely could get some targets there. Yeah. All right, moving into our ranking, starting at number 10. We have David Njoku. Um, Chaz and I have him at 10, Connor at 13. Matt, what do you have, Matt? Uh, also 10. Also 10. So we're pretty similar there. Um, I Njoku always finishes – I won't say always. He usually is banged up. Last year he was number 13 when he was healthy. We just went through it. We thought he was one of those guys that finishes top 15, close to the 10 range, but he's never finished inside the top 10. And, again – usually because of injury. So with the Sean Watson there, um, I, I think he could be pretty good. Again, we have him at 10. I think I think he could be a top 10 tight end. Yeah, I, I like to hope so. I think I'm high on Njoku every season, and I'm always disappointed. But again, I put him right back at number 10, and chances are I neglect the position early and I draft him again, and I'm disappointed. Could, yeah, could this be the year that you finally learn? No, it'll be the year that I don't draft him is the year that he takes off. But if you, yeah. draft, if you draft him late and before he gets hurt, he has a few good games, and then Dalton Kincaid, you get him too as a backup, and by that time he gets going, 
that would work out. Yeah, and drafting him in the eighth, I think I'd rather if like I'm drafting him in the eighth, I think I'd rather just take Kincaid in the tenth. Yeah, have the upside. Have the upside too. Yeah. Um, but I agree. Like I have him as my ten too. I I put him right there. I I think the offense gets better with Deshaun Watson, and he's proven that he is a very good athlete. It's just injury and bad quarterback play is yeah. always plagued him. Yeah, I think my concern a little bit with Njoku too is if you look at the tight ends with Deshaun Watson in the past, he's not really a guy that targets his tight ends a ton. No, he wants to go deep. Wants to go deep, and when he's not going deep, wants to use his legs. So yeah. I would be a little bit concerned, especially considering I think they do have some pretty good receivers over there and are probably going to keep running the crap out of the ball with Nick Chubb. Yeah, yeah. you have three good pass catchers on that offense with yeah. uh, Cooper, uh, Elijah Moore, and Peoples-Jones, Peoples who Jones. had a pretty good year. Yeah. Like underrated, yeah, this year, like twenty four was, was good at Michigan, like a few years ago. Yeah, I think yes, last year was his rookie or second year. Yeah, yeah. so he's going into a second or third year, still very young. Former five star in high school, a lot of talent there. All right, moving on to number nine, we have Pat Fryermuth. Um, we all have him at nine. Matt, you do too. So, um, all four of us have him at nine. I like the upside there. If Pickett can take a jump, I think that he. They have some good uh, pass catchers in Pittsburgh, too, but I think Pat Fryermuth could uh, do well if Pickett takes that jump. I think Pat Fryermuth is the next Heath Miller for the Pittsburgh Steelers. Okay. He's never going to – not never going to be your top five tight end but reliable. but he's your reliable, and he's like he's up there with, I think, like a kittle of maybe the best all-around tight end for a team. Like he's a good pass blo- or a run blocker as well as pass catcher. I just – I agree with the big jump up in Pickett of if Pickett can now not target his one or two guy and can spread the ball around like if he takes that next jump this year, I think Farmer's going to have a very good season. Yeah, I think he's one of the few guys with at least a little bit of a safety net there. Like, yeah. you at least know that he's not going to bottom out and then just be a droppable. Yeah, he's just, weeks. no, you're not going to drop him. You're going to play him every week. And you're drafting him later considerably than the other yeah. guys that are up there. Yeah. Yeah, Pratt Farmworth is another guy going to the eighth round, and I'd rather take him with the safe side than Njoku. They're going to pick apart from each other. Right, I agree with that. All right, moving into the top eight. Um, I would be happy leaving my draft with any of these eight, with Kyle Pitts at eight being my least favorite one out of the top eight. Um, But I would be fine with him if I left the draft, especially a later round. I have him at eight, Connor at six, Chaz at seven, and Matt at seven as well. And right now he's going in the fifth, which is why I'm down on the pits. Yeah, I don't think I would take him in the fifth. But the last two years, you've also taken – if you've got him, you've taken him higher. Right. Like, he's, he's probably now coming down to where he should be drafted. Now that people are starting to actually realize that you – know, he needs a quarterback to yeah. produce. Well, but he, he got maybe a downgraded quarterback. Right. That's what With I mean. Going that's that's why. Like so why is he getting drafted five? Because he, he does have this athletic he, ability to I mean, I, be. I mean, he I'm alone just, is worth it. He, that's why we're down on him is because of his quarterback. Yeah, Him and Darren Waller are very similar in the fact that they're wide receivers playing tight end. It's just hard to always know, though, because who knows? Maybe he's his favorite target this year, and then he just has some 
explosive season. Like it's, and you're right, Desmond Ritter going to the second year, kind of like we talked about CJ Stroud. He might just rely on the tight end. It's always hard to just go off stats. Like anything could, at the end of the day, happen. Well, there were reports out of training camp that he was wide open and the ball was nowhere near him. Multiple so times. Uh, that's all you got to hear. Training camp, you know, you're you're working it out. By the time season comes around, they might fix that problem. But maybe no, Boston yeah. will be there. That's what I think. I also read something recently that he had. He had like a nagging knee injury last year and has been like sitting out like almost like every other day at training camp so far. Oh, so it's still bothering him. Yeah, so year. like clearly still bothering him to an extent, which I mean, that's obviously going to scare me when he had a disaster last year. Yeah, and when he's being drafted, we don't have him there, but when he's being drafted, top five tight end is somebody that I want to stay away from. That's a big reach for me. Yeah. Like you said, I'm happy if I get him. If you get him in, in the, the fifth round, if you get him. If I built my team and I already have a quarterback, two two to three running back and receivers, and I take a guy like Kyle Pitts for the upside in the seventh, I don't think I'm too upset, but there's definitely other guys I'd much rather have there. Yeah, yeah at least for now. It feels to me like he's like a year or two away from being a really good fantasy tight end. It's I really mean, the athletic profile's there, but just never had the offense of the quarterback. No, Wait, if Atlanta went out and traded for a, a good quarterback, or uh, they're not going to trade Pitts this young in his career, but if they went out and got a quarterback who could throw, I think he would take a big jump. Quick. Yeah, but it, there's no reports of them going out and doing Right, that. right, right. That's, I agree. Yeah. Coming at number seven is George Kittle. I have him at seven. Connor has him all the way up at four, but can't defend his point right now. And Chaz <laughs> at eight. Matt, what do you have, Matt? Uh, I'm at six. Okay, so you're right around us. Um, We've talked about this before. I think there's just so many mouths to feed in San Fran. Um, he was banged up last year. They have Brock Purdy, who who did well last year, but now he's got a fur a full year. People, you know, have some scouting tape on him. I, I don't know if he can be a George Kittle of old. And last year wasn't the first year he was banged up. Like right. it's right. It's always consistent every year that he's going to miss a couple games. Yeah, uh, and. I, I would argue that he is the best all-around tight end in the NFL to where him blocking and how he's used in the run game and passing game, I just I find I it hard and fancy with all those mouths to feed, like you said, to really want to draft him. But he's one of those guys, if he falls, I am happy walking away with the guy at the upside like Kittle. But right now he's being drafted at the end of the fourth, early fifth. Like, I find it hard that I'm drafting Kittle with the situation where where he's going. Right. There's there's some of the tight ends we haven't talked about yet going after that that I would prefer. Correct. Yeah, he's one of those guys to me that I don't dislike the player, but at that ADP, I don't know if I'm ever drafting him this year. I mean, if he falls a little bit, sure, but... I mean, his efficiency numbers were down a little bit last year in terms of, like, his yards per route run and stuff like that. Um, and like you guys said, I mean, once Debo Samuel and Christian McCaffrey are both on the team, he wasn't. He was pretty much just a complete boomer bust guy. And, and I have Brandon Ayuk. Brandon Ayuk. Like, last year, yeah. he was hurt three games and played with three yeah. different quarterbacks. Yeah. So, like, hard hard to really get, like, any chemistry going when yeah. And he still so did. Much. He still did at the end of the season. That's the crazy part. What did he end with end as last year? I feel like he was pretty boomer bust. Yeah, that's that's kind of how he's been almost the last two years. Yeah, like, it's I'm like a little skeptical of their passing. Oh, I was talking about Ayuk. I wasn't talking. Oh, yeah, about Ayuk. I wasn't talking about Kittle. Yeah, Ayuk went off the end last year. Kittle was tight end three last year. 
So, but again, over 100 points behind Kelsey. But yet again, that, that's true. So, we're talking about he played 15. But yet again, young quarterback, and you have George Kittle as your tight end. Yeah. And that is like one of the. And Brock Purdy doesn't throw the ball that far down the field. He just has like the playmakers best to make something happen. Regardless of what you think, that's one of the best safety nets you could have in the entire league. Would you want him in the end of the fourth, early fifth round? I'm not. So, for fantasy draft, playoffs, I'm not even year. looking. Nah. I mean,. Depends. Like it it's, depends. Yeah, it depends how your team looks at that. Point. Yeah, like it really depends what you end up with. It's hard to really just say what you're gonna get. Weeks 15 through 18, he was tight end one, tight end two, tight end 12, and tight end two. So for fantasy playoffs, he three out of four top top and two finishes. Yeah. That like I'll take that consistency, and that's Brock Purdy. So when Brock yeah. Purdy's there, he was being consistent. But now people know Brock Purdy. So will that will he take a step back? Well, kind of like Matt said, if you're gonna get the rush on a Young guy, he's going to drop it off to the safety net. George Kittle has always been a good safety blanket. I think McCaffrey's going to be the safety blanket here. But it could be. Yeah, you're you're right. You're right. Um, I think that's a bit of the issue. They have a lot of safety blankets. Yeah, Yeah. Yeah. Debo and McCaffrey are all kind of overlapping in those like short intermediate routes. Yeah. Um, Either way, Kittle, we love you. I'd like an invite to tight end university. Please. Nice, dude. Yeah, Marshall, throw it <laughs> Are we athletes sitting in here? Are we doing a show from Tight End University next year? I think we might be if Kittle listens to this. Yeah, God, well, all right. Um, so even though we have you at seven, we do like you. We think you're the best tight end overall. So yeah, an invite, please. All right, number six, Evan Ingram. <laughs> I have him at five. Connor seven. Chaz six. Matt, what do you got him at? I got him at eight. You got him at eight. So you're a little lower than we are. Um. I've said this a hundred times. I, I did a bet with Chaz on it. I think Ingram takes another big leap with Trevor Lawrence and Doug Peterson. Doug Peterson loves his tight ends. Yeah, it feels like they kind of figured it all out. Yeah, I think they have a lot of receivers there. Pretty a lot of mouths to feed, too. too. Say. But I think Lawrence is that good that he can get the ball to everybody, and I think Ingram will have a great season. And he, what did he finish as last year? Because right now he's being drafted at the end of the seventh, early eighth, and that's – if I miss out on like my top three tight end options, that's the guy I want to target. I do have him a little bit lower, but like I feel like he is another guy that has a low or a high floor. His ADP is seven twelve. So at the end of the seventh round, if you're doing ten team leagues, he's going in the eighth, eighth round. I would be very happy. With but what did he end with? End as he last. was tight end six last year. Played every game. Yeah. So if I'm drafting that guy in the eighth round, I'm very happy. Yeah. With where, like I feel like he's almost. Priced at a value pick. Yes, I think so. I, I think I, that's that's part of the reason why I like him. And I think you're right with another year of Trevor Lawrence and being in that offense. I think it does help him. Bringing in a guy like Calvin Ridley hurts him. Yeah, that doesn't help, but we'll see how much it hurts. Because you still also have Christian Kirk that had a big year last year. It demands a lot. Yeah, I'd say my main concern with Ingram is he had two games where he went over 100 yards and multiple touchdowns. And if you take those games out, he wasn't even, I think, a top 20 or 25 tight end last year. And I'm definitely concerned about like the lack of consistency there. And now you're adding Calvin Ridley back in. Between having a lot of mouths to feed and really relying on two massive games, right? I'm definitely a little concerned there. I'd still take him over like the end of the top 10, like Friarmouth and Joku, like all those guys. I mean, I think he has more upside just with the, the athletic profile and they did pay him a pretty good amount this yeah, season. Yeah. So, I mean, obviously they do want to have him as a big part of the offense. And Doug Peterson designs his offenses to have pass-catching tight ends. Yes. Are you happy with him in the eighth? I'd be, yeah, I'd be happy with him in the eighth. 
I mean, if, if I'm missing out on those top guys, like if you're to missing me, out on your top like three, to four, yeah, if I'm missing on the top three to four, I prefer him over at the end of the top ten. Yeah, even the guys that I might have in between four and six, where I have him, based on ADP, based on ADP, I might be happier walking away with him in the eighth. I do uh, agree with that. Especially it depends on again how you build your team, because right. if you pair him with one of those honorable mentions we talked about earlier, Evan Ingram also. I think he played almost a full season last year, he but did. He, he did battle a lot of injuries in New York when he was there. So yeah. he was healthy all last year, so you can't really play him as the injury guy, but it's always out there. All right, our number five consensus is TJ Hawkinson. Uh, I'm at six, Connor five, Chaz five, and Matt four. I think uh saying it's a lot. Mouths to feed. But this is a little different. I think Justin Jefferson and Jordan Addison are going to demand a lot more targets than some of the receivers on the other teams with these tight ends. Um, Hawkinson's very good. He got traded midseason last year and did very well. I like Hawkinson a lot. I would be very happy to take him in a draft. Yeah, I believe he finished the tight end two last year. Again, 100 points under Kelsey, but he missed a few games, and he was traded halfway through the season. So he didn't have the chemistry down or the offense down, especially his first couple games over there. I think a full year in that offense, will improve. But I agree with the mouth Safid of, I don't know if that's a guy that I want to target, especially because he is going. And you're not even, far after Andrew. You can't even compare him to Kelsey anyway, because you're always going to be under Kelsey. Like it's No, I don't think you're always going to be under Kelsey. I, I think we're getting to that argument as we go along. But like a guy like <laughs> Hawkinson is going in the end of the fourth round right now. And I don't, I don't want to pay a fourth round price for him. Right. And I'd rather just have Dallas Goddard, I think. Dallas Goddard, you can get in like the sixth. I know. And we'll talk about him, I'm sure. I'd rather just have him. Yeah. Even though TJ, he's a good player, obviously. but And I think he'll be improved from last year being a full year in this offense because Kyle Rudolph had success. And I know it's different coordinators, not necessarily the same offense, but this the Vikings have, and and uh, Kirk Cousins has had producing tight ends. I just don't like him where his ADP is. Yeah, I'm not a huge fan of ADP, but I do think that they did kind of they did send some draft capital away to get him, and now they're going to have a full off season of being able to incorporate him into that. Offense. And he did well last year when he got and there. He did well like, even without having that, much right, time to right. to adjust there. So yeah. I do think he's going to be a pretty big part of the offense, and I think they're going to be throwing the ball a lot. And that defense is probably going to be pretty bad. Yeah, it's good. they're going to need to throw. Like it, their defense, they had eleven. They went eleven and zero, but they had eleven one score games last year. So they yeah. were. You know, I mean, they were the, they were like the luckiest team ever last year. Yeah. <laughs> um, again, I I like him. I think he's going to have a good season. Just not the fourth round. I don't want him. Yeah, I was, I was listening to a different uh, show, reading something that there was the Colts the year they got Andrew Luck. The year before, they lost nine one score games. So we're talking about a team that won eleven. One score games made the playoffs. Yeah, this team lost nine one score games and got the number one overall pick. Right. So a year of luck and unlucky yeah. is yeah All can't be duplicated. Right. Um, coming in at number four, Darren Waller. I have him at three. Connor all the way down at eight. Chaz is high on him at two. Matt, what do you have, Matt? I got him at three. At three as well. I think Chaz will get him this more because he is big on him. But I'm very big on him. I think he gets so many targets on an offense that doesn't have a lot of receivers. And that's why I have him there. I mean, 
we sold. I know we keep talking about can't take everything from preseason, but he had four targets on nine of Daniel Jones's passes and caught three. So he's the first three throws were to Darren Waller. Like he's yeah. going to be the guy that Darren Waller looks for, or uh, Daniel Jones looks for. I just the thing that scares me with him, and I ranked him as your taking away injury. But I think there's a big injury risk. He missed like eight games last year. So, but if he stays healthy, I agree with that. I he's a tight end playing, or he's a wide receiver playing tight end. I feel like he is fitting into what the Giants need. Yeah, they need that pass catcher. They he's literally that. their number one wide receiver. He's going to help get them to place him at your tight end position as long as he's healthy. If he's not healthy, then I don't know. No, I, I don't know what to think, tell the Giants. I almost think the injury stuff is like priced in at him being a third or fourth tight end off the board. Because, I mean, he's he's going to be one of three tight ends that is going to be just like an absolute target monster. And he's going at the end of the seventh round. Yeah, and I mean, and but seven, him, Kelsey, and Andrews, seven, in my eight. opinion, are like the only three tight ends where they're the focus of the offense. He's going to like mid-six, but either way, six or seven. Yeah. yeah, so these other guys that we're talking about are being drafted so much higher than he is. Yeah. And he has this upside. Like, I, I see him as being the number one wide receiver in that offense that you get to put it tight end. Yep. Which is a huge value. Yeah. And I'm taking that at the sixth over a, a Kittle in the fifth or a TJ Hawkinson in the fourth or fifth. Yeah. And that's the guy that I'm going to put with <clears throat> the Dalton Kikaid or yes. Uh, so by the time the injuries come around, you might have. If an injury yeah. comes around, I do like, that's the scenario that I'm drafting a backup tight end. Yeah. Just because I, I I agree, and with how bad the Raiders were last year, maybe some of the injury was they were like in a playoff race. Is he coming back? Is he not necessarily happy? He doesn't want to come back. And the Giants went out and traded for him, so they went out and I don't. Like I don't Mike said they, they, they got what they needed. Yeah, they, they got the guy they wanted, and they drafted a couple yeah. wide receivers in the draft, but nobody. Waller was a big high. They yeah, had a lot. They, of they went and got the guy. Yeah, I even really talked about yeah. that much. Honestly, they have a lot of slot receivers, and they have Waller, who's their number one wide receiver. Yeah. He's going to be the guy. I feel like the Giants the aren't really. They're a pretty good team. I feel like they just need, they just don't. They're missing those pieces. Well, and, and it's if Daniel Jones can put it together, and they really just they have to just learn how to beat the Eagles. They got to build against the Eagles because well, they're, they're, they're not hard. Really does hard right now. Yeah, when, when we have Boston Scott, I don't know. To, He's yeah. just going to beat them every time. I yeah, do think it's important to keep in mind like what they paid for a guy, too. Like like you were saying, that they went out and traded for him specifically, and they gave Brian Dable a year to figure out what he needs, and then they went and got the guy. Yeah, look what he did to that offense in a year. Yeah, Taking over from what Judge did, getting rid of some guys like Trenway, uh, Kadarius Tony, they just guys they didn't believe in the system or whatever, and look at them in the future. Um, I think they let go of Galladay or his contract was over. It was a big disappointment going there. But they, they like that's they like Mike said they got the guy they wanted. Yeah, they, they didn't go. The they didn't go out and bring a, a veteran wide receiver in. They went out and got the tight end that can play wide receiver. It's going to be the biggest mis, mismatch on the field. Yeah, for sure. And he was a wide receiver coming out of college, so yeah. putting him in tight end in the NFL. Now, 
He's going to be playing pretty much wide receiver again that you get to put in your tight end slot. Right. And that trade was done before, like, the DeAndre Hopkins trade. And, like, they, yeah, they knew the guys were there. people out there. Yeah. And they went and got the guy that they wanted. Yep. So, to me, that's a pretty big indication of how they plan to use him. Yeah. Coming in at number three, Dallas Goddard. I am at four. Connor, three. Chaz, four. I'm at five. And Matt has at five. So, all right around the same. Um, we've said it before. We we love our Eagles, obviously, but a lot of mouths to feed in Philly. Um, he was banged up last year, missed five, five games. Five games. But with those five games, like we're talking about mouths to feed, he was on pace to get a thousand yards. Yes, he finished with like seven hundred something and missed five games. And that's with AJ Brown and Devontae Smith. And then when he came back, games. I think played a game or two without Hurts. So you're talking about seven games without the starting quarterback on that team, right? And, and he still. Was on pace for a thousand. Like, so even with all the mouse defeat, he is a heavily targeted. Yeah, I still love him. Yeah. yeah, I just, I, I agree with. I'm going to counter my own point of too many mouse feet of somebody that I don't necessarily want to target. If he falls and he's sitting there in the sixth round, and I can grab him, I'm happy about it. But I'm not necessarily going up and looking for him anywhere higher than his six round ADP right now. Right. To me, him, Hawkinson, and Kittle are pretty similar in the fact that they're all very talented and there's just a lot of mouths to feed in their offenses. And they're going to be some days where they're almost like a 1B option, but there's going to be some days where they're like the third option. And those are all fine tight ends to have. I mean, I would rather draft them in that top six than have to reach on a guy like Friar Muther and Joku later in the draft. Right. I agree. But I think personally, I mean, the. Kelsey Andrews Waller to me that's the upside, and, but like I'd much rather Goddard in the sixth than Hawkinson in the fourth. Yeah, I would agree. With that. Like you're saying, I agree. They're a very similar player, very similar offensive structure. Where they're not maybe the number one target. There's a lot of mouse feed, but Goddard's just undeniably too solid. Yeah, and you can get him two rounds after some of these other that's guys. That's unbiased. That's unbiased. That's just really how it is. No, we're definitely biased because we are Eagles fans, but. He also has the stats to back it up. I know he's right. We're not not putting him in higher than other people are. He's not our lucky to have. It's not like he's our consensus number one because we're Eagles fans. It's right. Um, Coming at number two, we have Mark Andrews. No surprise, except for that Chaz has him as his number one. I think with a full year of happy, healthy Lamar Jackson, paid Lamar Jackson, Mark Andrews bounces back to be. This is the best offensive. Lamar's ever played in. He's got the best wide receivers of the combination of Bateman, Beckham, and now Flowers. But it doesn't matter who his receivers are. His favorite target, especially around the red zone, is Mark Andrews. Without doubt. So I think there's a good possibility that Mark Andrews finishes as the number one tight end. And I am definitely somebody that is down on Kelsey, where I have him as my number three, I believe. You do? Yeah. You have Kelsey as your number three? Yeah. I have Waller and Mark Andrews. Mark Andrews, I think, isn't going to have the Kelsey year that was last year being 100 points above the next tight end, but I think he's going to be I too. love Andrews. That's, yeah. that's my And last year, he had a down year with Lamar missing, I think, five to seven games. He <clears throat> Andrews missed himself two games. I know he played with Pro Bowl quarterback Tyler Huntley, but that's <laughs> yeah, <it's> definitely <laughs> arguable Pro Bowl t- uh, quarterback. So I, I think Mark Andrews has a bounce back huge year this year. 
Yeah. I do disagree with the the Kelsey being lower, but I will say that's what I was Mark say. Andrews. Yeah. I have no qualms with saying that he's going to have a breakout year. I also think something that's a little slept on is they changed their offensive coordinator this offseason. And the last one was just like running a fullback and a running back into the back of the O-line over and over. Yeah. I mean, they're, they yeah. got a new guy in there that's like talking about like spreading it out a little more and like letting Lamar kind of throw and, and run around. It's got to be one of those boring offenses. I mean, yeah. <laughs> like they had the most electric quarterback ever. Harlan wants to be a running team, but there's a difference between running. A 1980s offense to a 2023 yes. offense. Especially when your quarterback can run, you got to spread it out and let him scramble. The Ravens should be yeah. a fun team to watch on paper, but they're just, they have to be a little closer to Because now, once you spread out, like you can give that running back more room. Like, yeah. like, All right. Here? I think we have room for a bet here, Chess. Okay. I'll bet you that Kelsey finishes above Mark Andrews. Done. In fantasy points. Easy. This year. Uh, you can just hand me twenty dollars now if you want it. <laughs> yeah, it's fine. You can give that to me now. Because I also have that Mark Andrews A. Flowers is above. So you're doubling down on Mark Andrews. I am. I mean, I backed it up with Marakis. I think Mark Andrews finishes the one. It's mostly because I think Lamar has his is back to his MVP form. Maybe that's his boy too. That's his main. That's what I'm saying. Like that was his favorite target, and I get that that year that he had the MVP. Mark Andrews was. Dominating. It was really his only target. Yeah. It was running and throwing to Mark Andrews. I get now that they're a better offense, but he loves Mark Andrews. I love Mark Andrews too. I'm not taking anything away from him. But right, going, going to number one, going into our number one, everybody but has, but Chaz has Kelsey as number one. Chaz has three. And I've said it before. It's because I don't. You think, really think Waller is better than? Kelsey. I think there's the opportunity that not that he's better. If you think he's going, so Deuce. If if you tell me that Waller has a fully healthy season with the Giants, you're literally putting a wide receiver in your tight end slot, and you're drafting him six rounds later. I mean, I'm all for it. I'm not saying it can't happen. I just I don't know. I think Kelsey. Just a, Kelsey's going to have another guy here. They, Darius Tony is I think healthy to start the year. That's the only new piece that. Could dig into his production a little bit. I think Sky Moore takes a jump being in his second year. They drafted a rookie, uh, Ross, who is looking great in camp and Mahomes has a connection with. I don't disagree that Kelsey is going to be the most targeted person on that offense. I that well, that's, that's a, a given. Yeah. yeah, that's a given. Is Sky Moore now going to be a starter? Yeah, he, he was last like, year too. He was. He was just the he slot. Just, I had him on my team. Yeah, he just got. He was, a, he was a disappointment because everybody he said how Mahomes is going to yeah. spread the ball, and Mahomes did. That was like my sleeper, my sleeper uh, pick. And he, like, yeah, so not uh, this, I think a lot of people thought not disappointment because you had drafted like him so late the whole season. Yeah. Or something. it's uh, the reason I have Kelsey down. He won the Super lower Bowl, is so. you're drafting that guy in the first round, where I, I would. Guarantee that he does not have another hundred point differential between the next tight end. Right, but you're now drafting him like he's going to have a fifty point differential, which he's not. Like there's no, it's not sustainable for him to outscore the other tight ends to where they're being drafted. No, last year was strictly out of out of injury for all those other tight ends. Injury, bad situation. He had a great and year. a great year. Yeah, so I think he has another great year. But the other tight ends, I think, stay a little healthier and also have. I think better years than they have yeah, last so year. Even if, but Kelsey's still my number one. He's still the safest guy. Again, first not. first round, I don't really want him in the middle of the so first. So then why are you, like, 
I, I get that. He's, I'm ranking him as the best tight end. Yeah, he, is, he will is finish number end. one. I, okay, you I just bet that he won. Oh, I, I still agree with that he won't finish number one. But that's why you're. That's where you have him ranked. I don't disagree with somebody that thinks that they should have him ranked at one. I put into my rankings of there's no chance I'm drafting Kelsey. Like, I, I can't see any way that you want to spend a first round on a guy that's not going to give you the upside. So I I don't know that we did our rankings based off of who you'd prefer at their ADP. I think we did it on who's the best. Where player. they finish. Yeah, and I, I'll still say that he finishes third. With a healthy Waller. Like, I'm saying Waller's yeah, got to okay. stay healthy for it. But I – Mahomes – Small minority there, which – Mahomes is the best quarterback in the NFL. Bar none, I don't think that's very debatable at all. I don't know if he can keep sustaining these great MVP seasons with only relying on the tight end who is now going to be 34 years old during this season. I think you're getting a little up there in age to where the health has always been there for Kelsey, but at 34 isn't going to sustain. Uh, is the speed it did at 73? Is the speed and separation still going to do it? Yeah, but we're talking about another. There's so many guys that like look at Gurley. Gurley went from MVP to not playing yeah, you know, arthritis in his knees. That's but there's yeah, guys that go to be fair running backs. So they running backs don't, but there's tight or there's wide receivers that do it. Tight ends when they hit, it's. It's definitely more unpredictable than a running back of the year that it happens, but there's always a year to where it's a fall off. So you're predicting this year? Okay. I, I think this is the year that he starts to get this decline. I definitely understand not wanting to draft him in the first round. I think it's always hard to try to draft somebody after having a career year. Uh, just like realistically. Like it's not even really a clear year. I mean, he sustained number one tight end. Yeah, but like six you, six yeah, what I was going to say is I just looked it up, and from 2016 until now, he's been the tight end one every year except for one year. And I think if he wasn't, he was two. Mark Andrews? Mark Andrews yeah. won the one. MVP season, Lamar's MVP season probably. It was the year after Lamar's okay. MVP season. But, yeah. but it, like, that's what I was trying to say. But six yeah. years in a row. Yeah. So when does it fall off? Like it's going to I don't fall know. off. But I feel like we've been like well, kind of off. waiting for it to fall off, and it just like it just isn't coming. But, 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 but now, but now instead of waiting for it to fall off, fall off, people are doubling down and now picking him higher than he's ever been picked. I do agree. Yeah, I agree that the ADP in the first round is hard. I think it's wild. Yeah. You're just saying like one of these times. I think realistically, he's probably. Gonna and be I think this is just how it is. is. But right, then again, that, it could be the same thing as usual. And you're right. No, I'm in the minority. But I love being in the minority. Absolutely, <laughs> it's your favorite place. What would I? I why would I want, Why would I want to be the consensus of everybody else? Oh, like, no, I'm like, a beer man, man, dude. Yeah. <laughs> All right, <laughs> that is it for our tight end rankings, ten to one. Um, and we got a few honorable mentions in there. If you think anything should be different besides Chaz's number one tight end, uh, please let us know. What you don't like that? Yeah, I don't like that because I'm <laughs> right, but it's okay. Uh, yeah, if you want to let us know, comment or message us on Instagram at Good Old Fantasy Football. This will be our last rankings episode. We're not doing defensive kickers because who cares about ranking? Unless them. you guys want defensive kickers, if you want it, we'll do it. But don't suggest. But don't, that. But don't want it. Yawn, yawn. Yeah, yeah. boring positions. <laughs> uh, you need them, but boring. Um, so we will be getting into some different type of episodes moving forward. So please let us know what you want to hear. Um, yeah, I, I was uh, requested like a sleepers or kind of breakout episodes. So we definitely okay. got to get that in. Um, we, we have our we're gonna have our draft coming up next week. Next week, 
We have uh, my my dudes. The good, uh, our goodest, goodest guys. Our goodest guys. Yeah, thanks to Connor for that goodest reference, and we'll never let you not hear about it. So, yeah, well, so that'll be our, guys. our favorite players based on ADP. It'll be that kind of episode. Yep. And, yeah, anything else you want to hear, let us know. Yeah, you're still a couple weeks away from the season. So, uh, yeah, start getting ready for drafts. All right. If you're having a draft before our next episode, good luck. Let us know how it goes. We'll we'll review your draft for you, let you know how you did. Yeah, if you want to send your teams into us, we can review it on the show. All right. We'll see you next time. Cheers.